Alex, before we get into it, can I get you to pronounce the three skaters' names? Yes. <laughs> I was checking on that earlier just to make sure because Kenosuke is like really hard to pronounce. So Felipe Mota, Kenosuke. So you like you hit the Y like a little bit, Kenosuke, Yamashita, and then Dylan Jabe. Got it. Thank you. Kenosuke. Kenosuke. Yeah. Kenosuke. Okay. Kenosuke. Yes. Hey, welcome to the Lucy Skateboarding Podcast. I'm your host, Temple Tonelli, and I'm joined this week by Mike Munzenreiter and Patrick Kigongo to talk about Primitive's new AM video, Daydream, with Alex Kissinger, one of the main filmers and assistant editor of the video. Alex, thanks so much for being on the show. What is the typical Primitive filming session like? Seems like you guys often roll with a whole bunch of filmers. Yeah, for the for the bigger projects like this, we always try to roll with like at least two filmers on the session just to kind of keep the look going mm-hmm. like we want like multiple angles and b-roll of stuff so sometimes one dude will just be shooting b-roll and the other guy will be filming the skate style you know fisheye of the trick with all these filmers alex you know you're, you're talking about maintaining the look there's three of you who worked on the video as main filmers but then a whole group of like contributors how do you maintain that like crispy primitive look you know, do you discuss it? Is Do clips not make the cut? How, how does that go? Yeah, so we all have, like, the same setup. Me and Eric Iwakura have GH5s and this same Panasonic. It's the Panasonic CX350. So it's, like, like a higher version of, like, a HPX. So that gives, like, the little higher quality look to the, to the long lens shots because we use this camera specifically for long lens. And it's got a servo zoom on it. So it's kind of like the same thing as the HPX. It's just like a little bit crispier. And then with the... Go ahead. Yeah, real quick, just for non-camera nerds like me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, like what's the the HPX reference point? Because you're talking about like higher end cameras, you know, is the HPX kind of the standard what people use out there? Yeah, HPX, you know, that's what... That's what Bill Strobeck uses. That's what, you know, Greg Hunt was using for the longest time. But John Minor is using HPX. And then, you know, every every kid with a video camera, first thing they get is the HPX now. Like HPX or the HVX. They're basically the, the same camera at this point. Gotcha. Sorry for the interruption. No, good. Yeah, need, need to clarify. Some people don't know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about cameras. I look at it as like, everybody knows what the HPX is. It's not like I'm talking about the FS7. No one knows what that is. That's not a filmer. <laughs> so Alex, as a yes. follow-up question to that, what is a typical day in a crew of filmers for Primitive going out to shoot? Because something that I think is going to be really helpful for us to talk about with you is demystifying the process. I think that or at least my perception is that some people think that you come to California, it's beautiful. Yeah, you got some missions that are crazy, but give us like the nitty gritty, the the detail. And I would love to, I would love to bounce this question over to Templeton as well because you have experience as a filmer, and you know it's been some time since you've been in the game, T. But I'd love to hear the two of you compare your respective experiences getting out there and getting clips. Dude, it's hard in Los Angeles. Getting clips on the daily is really difficult. Like going out a lot of times and getting nothing. Like that's part of it. I feel like like you gotta kind of like scratch that in your schedule. Like we're gonna go out a lot and get no tricks. Like I feel like that's maybe harsh to say, but like that's part of unveiling. Like 
you know, all, oh, look at all these guys, they killed it. Like we just filmed this crazy video, but there are so many sessions where we didn't do anything, no tricks, like couldn't figure out the right spot, like get kicked out. The spot didn't work. The, the trick they wanted to do, they thought was going to work there. Happens all the time. I would say that that's, you know, that happened to me a lot, you know, when I, I was out there filming for like, yeah, right. And mosaic and stuff. That's my era. And yeah, there would be days where we would just go look at spots and right, you the just camera would like, oh, come that'd be out. Sick to come back here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes we never come back. So yeah, right. Digging deep on that, Los Angeles is the largest metropolitan area of any major city in America. So, population-wise, in terms of numbers, it's second to New York. But in terms of geographic area of city of LA plus LA County, it's absolutely massive. So, what's the longest mission that you've done in county or in city of LA? and come up short. I'm trying to think if we went to, cause we drove down to San Diego a bunch to skate with Dylan cause he lived in San Diego. I'm trying to think if we ever drove. Yes, there was for the, the kick with back tail, fakie Manny, fakie flip. We drove mm. two different times and on the third time he got it. So two times, no doubt. For me, that's a, that's a two hour, sometimes two and a half, three with traffic oh. down there. And yeah, for folks who are not familiar with LA traffic, it's, pretty wretched and especially if you're trying to go from say central la out to the valley the valley up to the west valley south bay like down where day one is at so kind of like digging digging into that as well you've talked about having to coordinate with a whole number of filmers so there's a lot of logistics that come into that but what about in terms of working with the skaters and these are ams so these are younger skaters who are at the early stages or the beginning stages of their career how do you provide them with some guidance about how to make the process less painful for everybody involved. Right, like for the filmers themselves, like make it pain less painful for us. Yeah, well, not just less painful for uh, for you all as filmers, but also for them as skaters, you know, like, are you putting them onto any game about how to approach going on a mission or going on a trip? And are you providing them with any guidance of like, hey, look, I'm gonna teach you how to behave around a film or how to behave with photographers because i think that's something that can be challenging for a lot of these young folks is that they're just hyped to skate they don't realize like there's a process to this and part of that process is a lot of waiting around or sitting around and waiting to get someplace yeah exactly right there's a lot of patience that comes with it that you gotta kind of i feel like you kind of gotta just learn that naturally though like i don't know i've thought about it and i've you could try to like sit them down and teach them but i feel like it makes more sense to have them go through it and learn and be like, okay, unless they're like really blowing it, which none of these kids are because they're in the positions that they're in because they know they naturally know how to behave. You min mentioned Dylan Jabe already, and we were talking before we started recording about getting the pronunciations of our other two primitive M's, right? So we've got Dylan Jabe and who else, Alex? And Flipe Mota and Kenosuke Yamashita. Beautiful. I think <laughs> building, building off of what Patrick was one, wondering about just in terms of like, how to do it. These guys are really good skaters. They're on the come up. They're younger, though. How collaborative are you guys with the skaters, you guys as filmers, them as the skaters, in terms of like what to film and how to film? And, you know, is this worth it, the time it's going to take for this video that we're working on? Do you, do you guys collaborate that way? Yeah, we definitely do. I try to show them spots and show them, like, look at the spot. Maybe you could do this here. Or like, and then a lot of the times, like they have the idea themselves, like Felipe, it was completely his idea to do Hollywood, which is 
really crazy that he like saw that. It's like, oh, I'm getting really good at kill from blunts. Maybe I should try it on the biggest thing that I could possibly do it on. Like, <laughs> well, so that was really crazy. Uh, his idea. Let's dig into that. That's I don't know. Maybe one of the heaviest tricks in the video. Like, how did that come about? So you. He was getting good at kickflip front front and was like, let's let's do it on the biggest rail we can find. So, you know, he, he comes up with this idea and says, I want to kickflip front blunt Hollywood high. What's the next step? Is it like, OK, we got to, you know, call 18 filmers and like, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the process? There were, I think I've seen at least five angles of that trick. Yeah, there, and there was one more angle that didn't get used. Yeah. So I think he mentioned it to Alan Hannon, like probably like right when we started filming the video. Like right in that area, it's like, hey, I kind of want to kill from Bond Hollywood. I think that'd be a good trick for my part. And he was like, Alan was like, are you serious? Like, I'll make that happen. We'll call everybody. We'll get we'll get Burnett up to shoot it. Like, it's a pretty serious trick. I think we can get Burnett to drive up and shoot that for you. Like, that'd be it. That'd be a really important one, you know, because when you have Burnett shooting it, you have the the possibility of it being a cover because he's the he's the guy at Thrasher. Mm -hmm. So you want him to be shooting it that the. You know, because you could, we could have somebody else shoot it and then submit it. And be like, hey, that'd be, it's harder to push. Like, hey, can you put this on the cover? You know, because we didn't push that. We just like, Burnett, come shoot it. You want to shoot it, and then he gets to decide what he wants to do with it. Right, and he knows I, if I shoot it this way, there's like plenty of space for the all the cover stuff, the title of the magazine, right? Everything else, whatever they need. Yeah, I think I got it right here. Thankfully, they they left it nice and. Just the letters. I always love when they do that, when it's like a, in a big, important trick for somebody. Like, don't put the articles over it. Don't, like, muddy it up. Like, this this is a big one for him. He's really excited that he did that. Yeah, so, for sure. I mean, that's a big one for Hollywood High, too. Dude, yeah. Not a lot of flip-in tricks have been done. Like, what, Nigel kickflip backlip, kickflip backboard, Ed Duff. Uh, who's Greg Rodriguez kill front 50? Not that many. Yeah, I, I mean, also the location too. I mean, that is one of the busiest and most maddening intersections in LA of Holly, excuse me, that's Sunset on Highland. And it's just south of Hollywood and Highlands. And so you've got traffic in either either direction, pretty much 24 seven, unless it's a holiday or very early morning on a weekend. So then Alex, a question for you is, as a filmer, have you ever had to intervene and say, I don't think this is happening? or look at a spot and you don't quite see what the skater is seeing and you hesitate or maybe even just like from a safety perspective you ever looked at something and been like i don't feel comfortable shooting this at hollywood i was scared for sure like flipping in down that thing and not making it is really scary and the the first time one of the first days i think we went four different times for it yeah. the first day he jumped all the way to the bottom and sacked it so one of the worst things that could happen to happen to him on the first day we went. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Describe. So goes at it, bails. Goes or... at it, kickflips. Like kickflips doesn't like hit the feet like proper. So like oh. kind of like kicks it away a little bit. He was doing this thing where he was doing that a couple times. He'd step on the rail and then jump to the bottom and he'd be fine. Oh, and he tried God. to do the step on the rail thing and his foot missed it and just pff, straight oh. to it. Oh my goodness. Wow. And, and yeah. Are you trained in first aid, by the way? I am not. Not to. I'm. I'm trained in. Let's go to the hospital if you're not feeling good. <laughs> you so. know, I, I just. I think about that because you know, it's often, especially when you go to really remote spots, it's often it's like you and your little crew plus the skaters. There's nobody else around yeah. who can help. There's no adults, and I'm like looking around, especially with the kids. They're getting younger, and I'm like, "Where's the adult? 
No, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm you, the buddy. adult now. I mean, that, that's the reason why I decided to take a first aid course. It was around this time four years ago. I was skating at this park in South Pass called La Pintoresca. And I watched his kid. Oh, okay, I've been there. Yeah, and it was at the new version of the park. This kid went from, I think he was trying to lip slide on the handrail there. And he just went from up top, the platform, straight to his head. Oh. And, you know, as an adult, I knew what to do. But in terms of actually knowing the correct medical things to do to hold on until emergency services came, I didn't know. And actually, that was a that was like a Tuesday, Wednesday. That Saturday, I went and took a first aid course because it like it, that really like that rocked the shit out of me. I yeah, don't know. That's really scary. Like, what if like you didn't? There was something that you could have done that would have saved his life or something if he didn't. You know, he was. I'm assuming he was okay. Yeah, he was. He, he was. Yeah. Fat. I mean, he was fucked up. Not going to lie. Yeah. He was, you know, <laughs> he obviously he had memory. But I mean, at the very least, the, the young man had a had a concussion. Yeah. So four trips for the kickflip front blunt. Yeah, four trips. It it looked in the clip like it was, yeah, I was shocked that it took four trips. Just because the clip itself, it looks relatively painless. Was that like on the fourth trip there? Did it, you know, it, we've all probably done tricks where at least maybe two two times trying it, like the second time it just clicks. Was it less painful on that fourth trip, or how did that finally go down? Yeah, I think the fourth trip he was like really feeling it. So the so the first time he did the sack, like kind of shook him. He definitely wasn't trying it after the sack, and then he was like, "All right, I still want to try it. Let's come back tomorrow." So we came back tomorrow. It was like a holiday because we did it on a Sunday, and the next day was a holiday, and we went at like eight o'clock in the morning, like stupid early, and we went there, and he was like trying to get himself in the zone, couldn't do it, couldn't try it. Like, I think maybe he front boarded it, but like couldn't get into the like the let me try to kickflip in and like did that. And then we went another time, maybe a few weeks later, same thing, couldn't get into the like the mode of like kickflipping in and was just like freaking himself out. And I was just like, man, he's not going to be able to do it, but he can do it because the first time we went before he sacked it, he stuck it and rolled and fell off. Damn. So I was like, it's possible. It's so frustrating that's possible and he hasn't done it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. First try, stuck it. No, the first the first trip there. So the first oh, okay, session. The first trip. Okay, I was about to say. I was Yeah, like, yeah, not what? the first trial of shit, right? <laughs> yeah, no, the first session he stuck it, rolled for a second, fell off. So was, and then like the two other times he just in his head like shook from him not falling correctly and doing the sack. I think he was scared of that of sacking it again. As he well should have been. So what's yeah, the right? What's the earliest that you've ever gone out for a mission? What's the latest that you stayed out? The earliest for this video specifically was that one that we went. I was at Hollywood before the sun came up. And that's, waiting that's for with squad like squad to get there. Okay. I was gonna say the whole yeah. entourage is there in the dark, just like getting their angles. No, I I just got there early. I I woke up and I was like, all right, I'm awake. It's fucking five in the morning or something. I guess I'll just go there. <laughs> like when I'm, I'm not going to sit around for and wait. Do you get nervous? Yeah, you know, was... like, for example, for like a big, for for example, for like, like that trick in particular, did you get up earlier because you knew you had to be there at a certain time or was it just, I can't sleep. I'm so excited slash nervous slash like, holy shit, today's the day. Yeah, it's all that. It's like, I'm so nervous that like, oh God, we have to, he's going to try that today. And then I'm nervous. Like I have to film it and like, I have to make sure it's barred properly. And like, I want to be there early. And like, kind of just like be in the session and hanging out, like 
because there's been a couple times where I like get to a session and people are skating already and it stresses me out so much. It's like, what did I miss? Did I miss a trick that I should have been filming for something? Like, because, you know, there's so many different things that I have to film. Like we have to film tricks and then Instagram stuff is so important. So like if I missed the warm up, I just missed an Instagram edit that I could have possibly made. Like, yeah, so talk it's all a little bit stuff. about that. Like, so kind of like, like, what is your job? Like, what are you looking out for when you're out filming? You know, because for me, when I was filming 20 something years ago, it was like, we go out, we need to get a trick that's going to go in the video. Maybe if you're lucky, you get something like some kind of B-roll. And that's kind of like pretty, pretty simple. Like what, what's, what's your job these days as a filmer? Yeah, right. It's pretty like pretty basic back then for you guys. It was just like trick and then maybe get a B-roll clip and, or like something funny happens and that's it. Yeah. And it wasn't even like, oh, you need to like film some roll up shots or anything. It was just like, you know, I sit at the bottom of the steps with my fisheye. We get the trick. Let's go home. Like, yeah. <laughs> pretty chill. Yeah. Now it's like so, so many different things. Cause there's like, well, there, here's the video project that we're working on. And then we're always trying to post Instagram content for primitive, like all the time. So we're trying to either make edits, but you, it usually ends up becoming an edit of like a couple dudes or like maybe this one dude got a bunch of good stuff. And then we're always trying to put out some type of other edit in between our big projects. So Alan has been doing these testing edits, which just turns into like throwaway footage, but not really just like, it's kind of like an outlet to put out stuff that we haven't already organized into a project. So we're always filming for those when we're thinking about being out in the streets, like, oh, there's going to be a testing edit eventually if there's enough footage. Now, do you end up being like the Bondo, the angle grinder? You know, are you, are you also prepping spots for guys? Because I feel like we've we've talked to filmers who also take up that role, too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like you've got to kind of volunteer for what you want to do. Like, so I do. I've been really good getting good at bondoing spots and I have the rub bricks and signs and tape and all that, but I never really got into the whole grinding and doing all that stuff a little bit higher of what illegality I'd call it. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely hard to sneak with the, with the angle grinder throwing sparks and all that. Yeah. Shit. Cause I've gotten, I've gotten caught bondoing before by people and I've kind of just like played it off to, them like oh yeah i'm fixing this for you your cracks busted like <laughs> i don't know if i'm grinding something that's like oh, shit let's run like you know <laughs> there's no really way to get out of it yeah well, let me pack up my cords and hold on hold yeah, on we're exactly. almost we're gonna run in five minutes yeah hold on just wait it, i'm gonna run away <laughs> so there's no way to disguise yourself like hey i'm working over here what you want me to fix the sidewalk or something the probably right two ruse that would be <laughs> sick you know i'm a working yeah. man over here Get get the uh, uh, the reflective vest and the hard hat. And just just be like, oh, shit, you gotta talk to my supervisor. Yeah, right. Full knob buster. How he has that whole outfit that he does, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the face mask and everything. Like that's why he does that because he looks like he probably gets away with it a lot. Where people just look at him and see like that's just a maintenance man. Whatever. I don't need to worry about that. Nobody would think that you would be angle grinding something in the middle of the day illegally. Illegally, like, right in the middle. Yeah, because he does stuff in the middle of the day. I'm like, in the middle of the day, it's like, well, yeah, what? That makes more sense. Yeah, well, that's, that's crazy. That's when maintenance and construction work. I mean, maybe this is why Dickies and Carhartt are doing so well in skateboarding because it doubles, you know, it's like, hey, I'm, wor right. I'm wearing work where I'm working over here. Yeah. <laughs> 
Less so, people have been getting caught lately because they're in their workwear. There you go. <laughs> just like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that's just Mike from maintenance. So, Alex, so question. And actually, I'll pose it to Templeton as well. So you're obviously filming for a company's video. What's that? What's that relationship like? working with Primitive. Templeton, you've worked with a couple different companies. Like, what is that? Like, what's that like, you know, for people here or who are listening to the pod who don't know what is it like to be filming for a video? Like, are you logging mileage? Are you like, how are you sending tapes? Like, how are you engaging or how and with whom are you en- engaging with? And in Templeton, in your case, who were you engaging with? Like, what's that punch in and punch out look like from going on missions and also trips, trips either nationally or internationally? Okay, what's the relationship like as in business-wise? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like what what is that like what does that look like? What's the day-to-day? Well, like what is this is your job? What's your job yeah. like? And what's the relation what's that relationship like? Are you given a certain amount of leeway and allowed to be an auteur or are you working on something and shaping it for a vision that has been decided by the primitive folks. Yeah, more of like I've been given projects like with with Daydream. We we talked about it and we're like, hey, we're going to make this AM video. So me, Eric, Allen, this is our, our project for the next year, year and a half. I think we worked on it about. And so like this is your going to be your main focus. Like when Felipe Mota wants to do something, you're out with him. He's the main focus. And then Dylan wants to do something. Both of them are focused. And then when those guys aren't skating, I have the freedom to go out with the rest of the team of whatever I feel is necessary. Like, oh, this guy wants to try a trick here. This guy wants to try a trick here, whatever. They're kind of working on their own projects and just getting clips for whatever. You know, the team montage, we needed clips of dudes for the team montage. We, I think we got everybody in there, which ended up being sick. Carlos ended up filming a trick the weekend before the video came out last minute he was able to get a trick for the video which is sick what was his injury again was it ankle thing i'm trying to recall he had like a weird blood infection that fucked with his ankle and his like joints it was really scary like it was really crazy he goes in depth and talks about it on the nine club and like what he went through and like thank you yeah but it was really scary it's like a weird blood infection crazy I was like, man, that's crazy. He's like one of the healthiest dudes I know. Like, how did like that's so gnarly? <laughs> from from that detour, I was wondering. You you said it was like a year, year and a half project. Maybe even yeah. thinking of Templeton's experience, where these videos would be three, four, the Menace video, a decade. You know, yeah, a long, Insane long timelines. Time. What do you think you prefer? You know, is is the quicker turnaround and tighter deadlines better for you or is that open-endedness something you'd be curious about i like the tight deadlines how they're going now it kind of just makes sense like especially with like the kids now like yeah if it was going to take five years for them to film those parts it would look insane they'd look like little babies and then they'd grow up and like because <laughs> they're so young still they're always they're always changing and growing i saw a clip the other day of felipe when it was like maybe three years ago he looked like a child you know he's he looks like 17 (laughs) yeah but i mean like he's like starting to like level out where he's like looking this the same as he is now like not changing so much the open-endedness yeah yeah, that seems i don't yeah i just feel like you hear stories of this guy's got 45 seconds of of footage and wow he could get a minute and a half if we give him another year so like let's let's just keep the video going it seems smarter to do it the way things have evolved but also just yeah we've got these three m's and everybody else get us some clips but these are our guys yeah i feel like that 
longer form makes sense when you're trying to do a full length. Like, all right, we got like 10 dudes right. that they're going to need five years or like now we're, we'll do two and a half for a, if we were going to do a full length again. I feel like we'd have to work on it for like two and a half years to get like all the guys. Because like, well, this dude's working on this other video part for this and this, you know, where everybody's schedule lines up. That's the hardest thing now. Sure. So, Alex, something I've always loved seeing in videos is filmers occasionally throwing a trick in. Maybe it's ollieing down some stairs, in some cases, kick flipping down some stairs. The magenta video from last year, seeing a filmer do a hippie jump, which is insane considering how much these cameras cost. What's the coolest thing you've ever done while filming? He did a hippie jump while he was filming? Yeah, over a chain link. By the way, a chain Holy divider. Holy shit. Like, what's so worse? Like, do, you, do you lose all your teeth or do you destroy, you know, a camera that costs thousands of dollars? Yeah, right. I mean, if it's for the shot, you got to do it, right? The Ben Shadone rolled down that double set backwards with Louis Lopez in the <laughs> Converse video. That was totally worth it. What's the craziest thing that I've done? I don't know. We set up a couple of years ago, we set up like just some wood down a three stair. And that, like, going fat, like, the dude's doing a trick down the three stair, and you're rolling with him down the wood. And you're not looking at the wood, though, because you're looking at the skater and where he is and where you are, and according to the skater. So you're kind of just trusting that, like, all right, the wood's going to be fine. Like, so just doing, like, a, a janky wood setup piece down some stairs, not looking at it, feel, felt pretty sketchy to me. But I'm not rolling down any double sets or over chains personally there's some faith involved in that blind rolling especially with yeah camera way that blind rolling takes some faith for sure and then i'm thinking about like how much does the, the the cameras are big now how much do they weigh yeah well thankfully i don't have the hpx with the gigantic fisheye setup i have the the panasonic gh5 with the slightly smaller jason yeah, very, very small. The Jason is easy handle that I gotcha. got years ago before he discontinued them. So this thing's nice, not too heavy. It's perfectly weighted where, you know, your arm's not going to die on you while you're trying to film a line or something. Got it. So you could almost like duck and roll if the wood wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. I feel camera. like I could, I could hold that thing above my head if I needed to go down. Gotcha. I'm going uh, down for sure before the camera is less money. Wondering about, no, we, we did cover some Felipe Mota. Our guy, Keo, because I am yeah. not as brave as you with his first name. That's that's his authorized nickname. <laughs> I think you mentioned in the notes, he, he was mostly in Japan. And did I see some Australian footage in there or was I mistaken? Uh, they took a trip to Oslo, Norway and yeah. Switzerland. I think those the the international trips they took outside of Japan that he was in. Okay. Yeah, so was, did you did you get to film with him at all, or was he just strictly overseas? No, he was. Yeah, he was overseas. The whole, he I think he was in LA for like a couple months, and then I just didn't get to connect with him while he was here. He was with Eric the whole time. I think he, he usually stays with Eric when he comes out here. He's at Eric's house right now, so I I skated with him yesterday actually. So hyped! I got to be in the streets with him again after a couple of years. Nice. So another question that I have for you with regards to that, how involved is P-Rod in all of this, if at all? Involved in what sense? Maybe not going out on trips and such, but kind of yeah. setting the vibes is probably the best way I'd put it. Setting the vibes of the session, how you are engaging with everybody, or is he pretty much like, hey, P-Rod's doing his own thing. You see him when you see him. Yeah, he goes in waves of like, 
going out street skating. He, like his his motivation wavers. He like you know he's got his skate skate park now. So like when he's not feeling the streets, he's in the park just having fun. He really likes to utilize that thing. But when when he's motivated, he'll be in the streets for like a couple months, like on a roll of like being out with the crew, filming a bunch, and then like whoever's around, he'll just be out with them. He doesn't he doesn't care who's on the session. Like everybody, come on, full full squad. So if you get to catch a P-Rod session, you're lucky. That's awesome. That must be. I mean, it must be amazing to see somebody with that talent on just a regular basis, especially when you know you talk about him being like, "I'm motivated. I got to get out in the streets. I'm trying to film something or some things." You talked about having skaters over at your house to post up. What is that like for you? I mean, you know, do you feel like you're constantly on when there's folks who are crashing with you and you're working on a video together? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't. I haven't had anyone personally stay here an extended amount of time i've had guys come just for the weekend but yeah you gotta you gotta entertain them the whole time and be out skating the whole time it feels like you know what i mean they're here they're here for such a short amount of time speaking of having that company how do you stay nourished because there's a lot of mental and physical capacity that is eaten up by being out filming like getting up getting all your equipment together picking people up knowing the directions of where you're supposed to go to figuring out angles i mean like how are you staying nourished and how are you how are you t- taking care of your mental and physical health because i think that a lot of folks don't stop to think about how taxing this must be for watching like jesus this person's going to try this handrail or this manual or whatever for the umpteenth time yeah right how do i keep my my sanity while someone else is going crazy <laughs> exactly exactly because you know it, can, it kind of create like a feedback loop you know especially if they start throwing yeah. them, they start freaking out Right, they're freaking out trying something that's really hard, and we've been there for hours. And I'm like, yeah, I always my main thing is I always like to bring snacks. I always have a little snack bag in, in my car, just something in case we do get stuck somewhere, where it's like, all right, I can't leave and go get lunch right now. This dude's in the battle, so I gotta get my little Cliff Bar, get some nourishment in me, and I'm 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 good for a bit. The, the Cliff Bar holds me over if I'm like in an emergency. Shout out to Cliff Bars. Yeah. <laughs> Send us a box. We need the Primitive Let's X Cliff Bar collab. Whoa, that would be sick. Yo, Templeton, you can't be giving up the gems for free, man. You got to charge for this. I the just gold, like, damn. The gold foil Cliff Bar would be so sick. Yo, full <laughs> wrapping Cliff Bar would be dope. Dude, <laughs> that would like just, like just a, send me a box when, when that one happens. That would be amazing. P Rod yeah, flavor. P Rod gets to choose his own flavor of Gatorade. I love his it. His own flavor of Gatorade. Oh <laughs> yo, my God. Yo, y- y'all laugh, but I mean, I, I was just thinking about because, you know, Mike and I just came from Slow Impact, and every day I saw Mike with a little cup of blueberries, you know, just ready for it. It's like, I need some nourishment. You know, you can't just be going out here hungry. And you said you forgot Ooh, to eat. Straight- yeah, you take the, you take the, coffee like the to-go coffee cup from the hotel room and just fill it with blueberries put the coffee lid wow. on it it can fit in your bag okay. it works I, that's a pro move right there well, i got the that's a pro I snack got, i got the child so <laughs> i've been rolling with snacks for the past seven years or so and okay so that's dad knowledge <laughs> yeah God, yeah it's snack or die that. right snack yeah or- exactly you gotta you gotta you gotta stay ready and then kind of building on that question of when things are getting hectic or repetitive or frustrating. Two-part question. Do you feel, you do usually feel comfortable enough to go up to someone and say, I think we should call it. And question number two, have you ever asked somebody to change their setup or even their fit while filming something? Because you feel like this is distracting, this doesn't look good, or I, I think you should set up a fresh joint right now or like 
like that flat spot is driving me nuts. And the flat spot, I didn't even think of that. Like you know that it. sound. Oh, the sound is crazy. I don't know if I've ever had to ask anyone for that, but I feel like I would. I feel like I would. if someone's flat spot was too crazy, I'd be like, yo, can we get some wheels for this guy? This is crazy. But fit? No, I don't think so. I think everybody's pretty. You know, they they wear what they want to wear. If it looks if it looks hectic to me, it's not my what. If it's not my taste, I'm not the one to speak up because I don't know. I'm not I'm not the craziest fashion person, so I feel like I'm not the best person to ask about. Hey, th- does that fit look good? Like your primitive. So I feel like lead. these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, fit, fit, fit consultant <laughs> yeah, you, P-Rod, just send me out. Yeah, there. you fit connoisseur. Yeah, let me just like go out there with like like the rolling rack of uh, you know spare jeans, fresh shoes, everything like that. I was like, let's oh, change yeah. this up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I had a question about Felipe Moto's first trick the extra long front side nose slide and then he jumps in the water oh, yeah. was that spontaneous the jump in the water or was that planned for the intro or like did the intro come up based on that jumping in the water yes completely spontaneous he did not talk about or mention that he was going to jump in the water after he landed it that was that one was also a battle where we went like i think that was the third time we had finally went there for him to do that and then he just got so excited he he landed it started to roll thankfully everyone at the session knew what they were doing they waited you know if you really watch (laughs) you if you it feels like there was nobody there and then you just hear this roar of people because there was a squad there there we had like 20 deep of people like on the hill watching him fucking front nose that thing and then everyone just started screaming he's got hyped and just looked around and was like i'm jumping in the water like but man if he would have asked i would have told him not to that water is so gross there's (laughs) no way i would have recommended him jumping that how nasty is that water i mean it's got like bird shit like all around it and it's like it's just like a really gross lake in east la area like at this park so then you guys you had this jump in the water and then you're like we can do something with this is that kind of how you're like this would make a good intro and then you film the, the underwater stuff afterwards yeah too. alan handon had the idea to kind of do that like he saw that and be like oh man that'd be that's a great first trick for his part and it'd be i want to do something kind of abstract for the intros and be sick to have him jump in the water and then we film him in the water but we didn't know how we were going to do it if we were going to do like some gopro situation where you get him in the water or something but i don't think that would have looked as good you know it wouldn't have really fit it looked as crispy but we're able to find this studio with like this huge water tank and then we asked them if we could have a somebody jump in it and they were like well like don't don't have them like jump in it jump in it like they could like step in it not and not make a huge splash but like even the the first take of the of the intro that we did he like tried to do like a little step and he still like stepped in like a bunch of water came out of the tank it was way worse than we thought so how were you guys filming that did you guys have like one of your i forget which camera you guys were using but did you guys have one of those in the under underwater housing like and like a scuba gear or what was the deal there the way that the studio had the water tank set up it was like for shooting you know like they have it set like you know, you know, I don't know what ever like clients they have that want to do like, like an underwater shoot. Like it, they have it set up so you you're in the water, and then there's like a perfect window where oh, you can so see it's into like the lit tank. perfect, so there's no like glare or anything. Yeah, so we're just like shooting straight into this tank and like trying not to get any of the outer part of the tank because there was like all these like they had it fully dressed up with like these shrubs and like branches and 
trees <laughs> and whatnot like looked pretty cool but that didn't really fit with what we were trying to do right that's sick i, I just figured you guys jumped in you know p-rod's pool or something yeah right hey paul can we use your pool for the afternoon i'm sure he's got a nice pool yeah yeah no he does it's big so alex a question that i have for you that i've asked a couple of other filmers and photographers who are based in la does somebody need to move to one of the major california centers of skateboarding to make it as a filmer or photographer what's been your experience and what advice would you have for people who want to stay where they're at wherever home might be for them yeah that's hard it's i see people doing it without having to move to la now but I feel like you do for the connections you kind of do like, but I didn't move out here until I got the job at Primitive. So you could still do it without, but then I had to move here for the job. So I grew up right outside of San Francisco in a little town called Concord. And then I moved up to Sacramento for school and for the fucking skate scene that was there at the time. Cause that's when, that's when Miles lived there and he was skating a bunch with this whole, and then, there's all like the the PLA guys and that whole skate shop, Mika Adamov and a bunch of homies that I ended up becoming really close with when I moved there. So, but that scene was really going crazy during that period. And so I got in with that crew and then through skating with them, I met Alan because Alan was part of that crew, but he had already moved to LA. And then that was my connection to like kind of LA and the industry and, Alan hooked me up with a lot of stuff and ended up hooking me with this job at Primitive because he's the he's the director of videography at Primitive. So when he wanted to hire somebody, he looked my way. And so what advice would you give to those people who have decided I'm going to stay in my home city and help build something over here and establish themselves as the go to filmer whenever someone's in town to show people around or somebody who can be on call like. What advice do you have those people who are trying to build their own scene? Yeah, that helps a lot too. Like showing people around, like go go move to a place or wherever you live. If it's a good skate destination, like try to make those connections with companies to have them come through. Like within Sacramento, that was one of the big things too, where people would come through and they would cold call me and like, hey, I hear you know a bunch of spots. And I would go show a bunch of different companies around just just from that so there's that and i don't know like you could say like tim savage who works for new balance he works there because brandon westgate skates for new balance and he's never moved out of boston that i know of so he stayed in there the whole time and he works for a big company because of brandon got the sponsorship from new balance right yeah speaking of two spots that just about anybody could find wallenberg and clipper couple really fantastic tricks are in the video at those spots and you noted in our notes that they went down in the same weekend so could you could you tell us about that trip to san francisco yeah that was a really really cool one we decided to go up for the weekend for felipe to do that heel flip back tail and we're like cool let's go up there me alan felipe and then we're like oh let's let's invite dylan see if he wants to go with us too and we hit dylan up and it was like that's crazy i'm going up to san francisco too at the the same time and we're like no way for what i was like i'm gonna go try fakey flip on wallenberg (laughs) we're like no way it's sick and he was like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna do it for this new video part that i'm working on the you know the one that ended up coming out the not dylan's new part whatever he called it the one that he put on his youtube yep wow 
So he was doing it for that. And we're like, oh my God, he's going to do it for that part. And he doesn't have an ender for us yet. This is, this is really stressful. And then so we're, we're driving up there and Alan gets a text from Dylan. Like, hey, Alan, could you, could you help us out with some hotel rooms and some, some gas for the, for the trip? Like we're, we're like short a hotel room for some of the crew. And Alan texts him back. He's like, if we can get that fakie flip, I can pay for your whole trip. But, and then he just threw that out there. He'd be like, he's like, he's not going to say yes, this. And he was like, yeah, for sure. And we're like, what? That's a hell of a trade. That's dope. That's dope. Dude, right? Did he have we to hike the like, fakie flip to get the payment? Or was it just as long as you, you know, say we'll get the footage I think it was, made? Yeah, I think it was just like, we're going to pay for the trip if you say you'll give us the trick. You know, the, oh, yeah. we didn't know if it was going to be able to do it. In my head, it's like, all right, well, we've we've paid for it now. So he has to come back and do it with us Damn, if he's okay. going to do it. If he doesn't do it this weekend, you know, he has to come. And in my head, I'm like, all right, going to be coming up here a couple times this month. Like next weekend, I'll be driving back. Probably I'm already thinking two steps ahead. Like, you know, fake, fake flip Wahlberg. That's a that's a couple times back trick. Maybe like that's a crazy. No one's ever done anything fakey down it. This is the mm-hmm. first fakey trick. And so then that happened. And then so. That was Friday. We're driving up there. Next day, Saturday, we go to Clipper. I don't know, probably noon, right in the afternoon there. And Dylan's already at Wallenberg at this point, trying the fakey flip while we're at Clipper. And he, because he's with his crew that he brought up, Andres Bill, who works for Real, and Bobby Bills, who works for Dickies, both went up with him and his little squad. And then so they're both trying it at the same time. And Felipe's doing the heel for back tail. He he does it really good. And then what? What happened? Why did he? Why did he do it again? He did it twice. I don't know if you yeah, know true. and notice in in the footage. There's like yeah. the first angle, he'll back tail. I'm on the stairs filming him fisheye, and then the second angle cuts to the top angle, and I'm not on the stairs anymore because that's the one that I filmed long lens. The first one he did. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, he he did it first. He did the first long lens one. Then Dylan showed up to Clipper after he had skated Wallenberg. He didn't ended up making it. They got kicked out. So Dylan and his crew showed up with a photographer that we work with, Bailey Schreiner. And Bailey was like, "Did you you, you did the trick? You hit the back tail." He was like, "Do you want to shoot it?" And he was like, "He was like, yeah, I'll, I'll just lock in a couple." Bailey was like, "You can just lock in a couple, right?" He was like, "I could just do it again." <laughs> yeah, he just he was feeling it. He it felt like easy to him when he finally did it. Like it wasn't like this huge crazy battle. Like it seemed like heel flip, boom, stick, slide, land. Like he I had. Think it. I- I was like low key shocked he didn't go he not that he didn't go to fakie but that he came out straight so on point that's insane dude all of his tricks he does that it's crazy he doesn't do anything to fakie kill front blunt to regular big foot front blunt to regular yeah. kill foot back tail to regular like all those tricks seems like you'd go to fakie naturally right or like yeah if it's I mean if it's that gnarly it's just okay it's naturally and not that I'm doing any of that shit but you know yeah. theoretically easier to go to fakie. If mathematically, know, exactly. Yeah. The math and the physics, Yeah, the momentum <laughs> yeah. carries you. That's insane. Yeah. So he does, does it for the second time insanely. So the, yeah, the one you see first is the second one in the video. So the, the straight on angle, that's the second one he did. And so he does it the second time we're talking with everybody hanging out at the school. Dylan's like, yeah, I want to go try the fakie flip again tomorrow. Are you guys doing anything? And we're like, no, we got this. We got the hill back tail. We're good. He's like, sick, let's, let's all go. So we all went there, all four filmers now for this for this Wallenberg session. We were like, but I was I was kind of stressed out already. I was like, oh, he got kicked out yesterday. That's like on a weekend too, like getting kicked out. 
and not the and we have to like go in there and build this whole ramp thing for it and like doing yeah, all that with the what's the story with the ramp like yeah what give me the details on well, the ramp yeah so so back in the day you know when people skated it like what frank or kickflips it he's like bombing down the hill right and then rides into the school and kickflips it so since then they've built all these handicap ramps and fences and all this bullshit to where you cannot bomb the hill and go into the stair set anymore stair set blocks so you have to use some type of ramp to even get to the stairs at all and thrasher has this like really specific ramp built for the the little overhang that you have to stand on and then you drop off the overhang and roll into this ramp but that's the only way to get speed now there's no chance you're pushing to it like from the where the runway is so you have to go to thrasher and like check out the ramp like you know put put your deposit down and say hey we, we got to try this trick we need the ramp and they're like okay it's in the yeah. back like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah good luck get rent, rent your own u-haul do the whole thing like just bring it back it's so much work and it's like basically it's almost like a form of checking in with thrasher you're basically you're showing up in town they're gonna know that you're you're, you're up to something at wallenberg absolutely the talk of the town is out as soon as you show up there like I'm sure as soon as Dylan showed up at Thrasher to pick up the ramp, they were like, oh, dude, what are you trying? Bunch of homies sitting around somewhere in the mission eating burritos. I was like, hey, you hear so-and-so is here on a primitive trip? Trying to fake yeah, and right. flip the other uh, wall. <laughs> it's just like where it just gets around, just like the bat signal goes out. The question, the other question I have about you specifically about the fakey flip. Wait, about, Patrick, oh, we haven't finished we haven't gotten yet. the trick yet. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yeah, we haven't finished it. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Long story. Oh, yeah. So second day we're there. We set up the ramp and everything. Start. He starts trying it. He's going so fast at it as as you do for a fakey flip down something that that big. So he's doing a couple sticks, a couple sticks, one breaks his nose, falls forward and hits Ooh. his head. That That one's in the credits. You can see it. It's like real quick in the little battle. And I was like, God, he broke his board and hit his head. He's definitely not trying anymore. Like, you know, like that's that's it. That's the end of the session. That's like that's like Mota stacking it on the on Hollywood High. Like there's no way he's going to set up a new board and get back in the rhythm of trying to fake his foot this massive thing. But I was wrong. He set up a new board, got up in there, got mm-hmm. back in the in the zone of doing the fake flip and he f- fucking rode away. It was insane. No one was even excited because of how easily it looked like he kind of did it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that it, I, I've, I've always heard that like the hardest of the many, many, many hard things about that is you hit the ground so hard that dudes can't stand up and ride away. And he made that look disgustingly easy. Dude, right? The one he finally did, it didn't look like anything. He barely crashed. <laughs> yeah, it like, like Reynolds' ass is a four block. Like, Reynolds' butt is yeah. practically touching the ground on the backside flip. It's crazy. The Reynolds one is crazy. It's so sick. He just took the full impact and squatted like that. Yeah. That was insane. Reynolds eats fruit. Reynolds, that's the that's the key, dude. Blueberries in there? Oh, yeah. There you go. Definitely. <laughs> so so the, the question I wanted to get to, Alex, is so clearly you were absolutely hyped on this. And the thing about any job is that a lot of aspects of working are, are pretty mundane. Like your job, no matter how cool in air quotes, your job might be. There's aspects of it where it's just another day. Was this one of those instances where you, where you felt like, holy shit, I can't believe I got to be here for this? Yeah, that was definitely a holy shit. The fakey flip was definitely one of those. Like, I've gotten to film 
two tricks on Wallenberg now, and both of them were fucking holy shit moments. Like I got to film that one and Miles's switchback heel. Two two yeah, epic I ones. Feel like- I feel like when you're when you're filming with people of this caliber, you kind of realize, or this is was my experience filming, is like you kind of realize that you're you're witnessing history, and especially when you're you're at like name brand spots like Wahlberg and Clipper, it's like whatever trick goes down is like written on the spot as like, you know, Dylan Jabe is the first person, the only person to ever fakey flip this thing, and like forever his name is going to be associated with that, and then like you know kind of as a filmer your name is like kind of attached or your name probably isn't but your work is attached to that because you you were there documenting it and that's how the world knows it went down so yeah i I had that feeling a few times of like holy shit like i just i'm a part of history now right it's pretty sick my my credit is attached to that trick you got two wallenberg tricks in the reel now yep two yeah two wallenberg tricks in my demo reel that i can (laughs) put in there that's insane. <laughs> so speaking of Miles, how hyped were you? I'm not sure how, how close or friendly y'all are, but how hyped were you for him to win Sodi this past year? Dude, I was at a schoolyard on a filming session with the crew, and I was screaming at my phone, he got it! <laughs> and everyone was looking at me like, what? Who got what? Like, I was like, he got it! I was so juiced for him, dude. He's fucking been killing it, been on the top in the list for like the past five years of like the the dudes that might get it i, I mean I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna <clears> deny <throat> it like i also feel like there was part of it where him skating the mac dre in too short i think for me personally i was like if i'm thinking what have you done for the mag bay area i was like okay that's it checks all the boxes and also i'm a big fan of the swishy pants let me put that on the record and the swishy pants he loves those Alex, you might have the the inside line on this. We've seen him on the Jumbotron at Golden One. They're going to let him light the beam this season? Oh, man, that would be sick, right? I don't know. I don't know what goes into all that. Yeah, that was crazy. They had him on the the big screen, right? That was crazy. Get get P-Rod on the phone with uh, Vivek. Vivek and P-Rod, they're on the same level, right? The same level of fame or whatever? We need to see Miles light the beam. Courtside, God, that'd be sick. Courtside season, yo, courtside season tickets for next year, and he gets to light the beam. I think we'd all be stoked to to see that. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our show, where we talk about what we're stoked on. Alex, what are you stoked on this week? I am stoked on the final season of Kirby Enthusiasm for all you Curb Seinfeld fans out there. It's the final season ever. I don't know if you guys watched that show at all crazy i haven't watched it in a while but it's been like it's had like a 20-year run it's insane enjoy a good chuckle yeah Yeah. mike what are you stoked on this week i'm stoked on having nearly clocked 100 miles worth of walks this month february like last year i got into trying i think it was august i'm like i'm gonna walk 100 miles this month and i did it and then i've done it a couple of times but as of february 22 today this day of our recording i'm up to 80.59 miles What's significant about it is I live in Minnesota, and there's been barely any snow this this year. It gets to be a pain in the butt to walk like two miles during the winter if it's all icy out. So I'm confident I'm going to hit my 100-mile mark at least before leap day. So there you have it. Patrick, what are you stoked on? This week I'm stoked on Spitfire Wheels, as Mm. usual. Mike and I attended Slow Impact this past weekend in Tempe, Arizona, and we had a 
tremendous time. One of my favorite memories with Mike was driving around and listening to Guided by Voices on a very sunny morning. I don't know why. It was just one of those little passing things, just like us driving around mm -hmm. and trying to find me breakfast and failing miserably. Shout out to the toast lady who took forever and then gave us some free free fountain sodas, which was very nice of her. And we also we almost broke the soda fountain too. Uh, yeah, the uh, soda soda water button stuck. It was a, it was a sticky situation. Yeah. In terms of videos, there's actually quite a bit that uh, I'm stoked on. I'm still enjoying. I'm going to be on my second viewing of Static Six. Ben Shadorn just dropped a a new edit, and it features a lot of the folks that you want to see stuff from. Nick Stain is in there. K Rod is in there. It's called I think One More Maybe. Also, a rewatch to Gabriel Aguiar's part Mares from late last year. If only for the music, he skates to Tim Maia. And there's a new Followed from Pocket Magazine with New York's finest, Max Palmer. And finally, a song called Summertime by The Sundays, who you might remember from Alyssa Steamer's part in Welcome to Hell. Templeton, what are you stoked on this week? I'm stoked on Pivot Fakies or Pivots Fakie. Not sure on that one, but I think I'm learning them. I, I did them on like a one foot quarter pipe and then a two foot quarter pipe. It feels feels like progression. I've always loved that trick, but never really had it, but it feels closer than ever right now. So, you know, it's gonna be getting progressively higher and higher, hopefully in the near future. Yeah, so stoked on pivots to fakey. And that's, that's AP it. style for it, pivots to fakey. Pivots AP to fakey. Yep. There we go. Thank you for our attorneys uh, general. Yeah, exactly. That's it for our show this week. Be sure to check out mostlyskateboarding.net for links to the things that we talked about and other show notes. Until next time, you can keep up with us all week online. Alex, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Alex Kissinger, my full name. Did you uh, need me to spell it out? Nah, we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. Okay. Uh, Patrick, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram under the handle at Pikigongo. You can also find me under that same handle on Blue Sky. No, Blue Sky actually got just Kigongo, which is tight. Threads, you can find me under Pikigongo, but I never really post on either of those platforms. And you can definitely find me wilding out on Twitter under the handle at Colonel K Speaks, but also doing work with the Harold Hunter Foundation. Mike, where can the people find you on the internet? My handle across multiple platforms is at M Munzenreiter. Templeton, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram at Mostly Skateboarding and on Twitter at Mostly Skate. We will see you guys maybe next week. I don't know. I got like a work thing, but we'll, we'll see if we can make it work. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, guys. So mad when you stay sky high Hello
some people wind up.